0: This installment of the AX Insider Podcast features a conversation with Todd Hopley, President and CEO of the American Association of Airport Executives, AAAE.
1: Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the AX Insider Podcast. My name is Andy Tellijohn. I'm the Senior Writer at Airport Experience News. Today, we're talking with Todd Hopley, President and CEO of the American Association of Airport Executives. Todd has spent most of the last year working with the Coalition of Industry Folks helping secure about 20 billion in funding from Congress to help airports and concessionaires get through the COVID pandemic. But that's hardly all that Todd does and he's taking a break from those negotiations to talk about uh, both those negotiations and what they mean for the industry and what AAA has going on next. Todd, thanks for joining us today. Andy, great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I know this, uh, this funding, this last round of funding is a few weeks uh, in the past now, but maybe you could give us an update on where that's at, where the funds are and uh, you get the sense that, uh, that this is enough, that this is what the airports need uh, and the rest of the industry needs to get through uh, this COVID pandemic we've been dealing with.
0: Yeah, uh, well, thanks uh, for the question and we are as you noted we're 20 billion dollars in relief for airports over the past year or so congress did a quick 10 billion dollar hit right out of the gate in late march of last year and then another 2 billion dollars in december and then another 8 billion dollars uh, just last month in in march bringing the total to 20 billion dollars and Before we talk about any of it further, I just would say that it was an extraordinary effort on the part of not only the AAAE team and the ACI team, the two airport associations and their advocacy teams, but airports and concessionaires and industry partners all working together uh, to get that done. It was a Herculean task. There were lots of ups and downs. You're in, you're out uh types of moments uh near-death experiences along the way wow at at the end of the day uh 20 billion dollars in relief for airports which i'm extremely proud of if you think as just as a point of comparison you know there's 400 and whatever commercial service airports less than 500 commercial service airports in the country there are a million or at least there used to be A million restaurants in the country. The restaurant industry uh, did not, for the for eleven of the last twelve months, did not receive any relief. Finally, in the last round of relief that Congress provided, they got twenty-eight billion dollars. That's twenty-eight billion dollars spread across nearly a million restaurants, compared to the twenty billion dollars for airports. 10 billion early last year, 2 billion at the end of last year, another 8 billion that airports are gonna start to see uh, flowing through the FAA here in a matter of weeks. So I'm really proud of what the industry has been able to accomplish on the airport side with our partners. And we've been very supportive all along about uh, relief for the airlines and for their workforce. It's an ecosystem. It's interrelated. We need it all to work. Airports, airlines, general aviation, business aviation, concessionaires—the whole enchilada.
1: You you uh, you talk about the coalition of folks that have worked together on that, and you know I think you make an interesting point there. We hear a lot about the uh, the uh, the back and forth, the uh, the occasional hits that the airports and airlines. Uh, take uh, to and from each other on issues specifically like the PFC, but uh, uh, you, it sounds like you really are uh, in line, you know, I get reminded on a regular basis that uh, airports and airlines agree on a lot more than they disagree on. And it sounds like that working together really came, uh, really came through uh, this time around.
0: It absolutely did and you're right i mean airports and airlines agree on probably 90 or 95 percent of public policy issues in washington um i had an opportunity to testify last year in may before the senate commerce committee in the first hearing that they held uh, after the outbreak of the pandemic and i testified alongside nick calio who's the head of a4a and it was actually Uh, I'm not trying to sound like I'm bragging when I say this, but I actually came out in support of airline relief before the Airline Association came out in support of airline relief. We just knew that the whole ecosystem needed relief and that Congress needed to act. And we've worked very closely with our partners at the airlines, both individually at, at individual airlines and with their association. Uh, to work on recovery issues and a whole host of issues relating to, uh, you know, vaccines and quarantines and passports and, you know, the whole array of issues that are out there surrounding getting this economic engine back up and in the air.
1: Do you think this is enough? Uh, You've got, uh, I mean, 20 billion, uh, a lot of that's going to be coming into the pipeline here as you said, in the next few weeks, uh, uh, will this be the end of uh, of what the airports need to get through this time? Uh, or will we see you back asking for, uh, for more?
0: It's going to have to be enough. Congress has turned the page, whether we like it or not. There, there's still going to be a gap between what airports have lost and what Congress is providing in terms of relief. But it's going to have to be enough. Congress has turned the page and now it's on to infrastructure. Aha,
1: well, and that, uh, and that takes us to where do we go from here? Uh, nice transition. Um, so uh, we're talking with Todd Hopley, uh, CEO and president of the American Association of Airport Executives. Uh, infrastructure seems to be the next thing on everybody's mind. You also mentioned to me recently here that uh, this, uh, the PFC, that we've been talking about off and on for, oh, about the last dozen or 14 years or so uh, might be back on the table soon. So let's uh, let's set the table and talk about uh, where you go next.
0: Sure. Well, first of all, it's actually been 21 years. It feels like it's been 120 years, but it's been 21 years now since we've had an increase in the passenger facility charge. We've had a couple of close calls along the way had never gotten it across the goal line. So airports clearly are in strong favor of modernizing that and getting an increase in the passenger facility charge. We think it's a smart way to go. It allows for infrastructure investment without, in you know, big increases in federal spending. Uh, there's a whole, you know, litany of reasons why we think a PFC is great, including the ability to use it as a long-term bonding mechanism because that revenue stream you know, is available for a long time. Uh, having said that, at the moment, Congress appears not to be in love with that notion uh, for a series of reasons. Primarily, I think the concern over the fragility of the Airline recovery. Uh, Congress appears to be looking more at providing general taxpayer dollar relief and general taxpayer investment uh, rather than relying on the user fee. We'll see what happens as this shakes out in the weeks and months ahead. But for the moment, even some of our strongest supporters on the PFC have been a little hesitant about pushing real hard right now.
1: Okay. Uh, well, that'll be interesting to see where that goes. Incidentally, when I mentioned the the dozen to 14 years, I just meant to, that's how long you and I had been talking about it, I guess. Uh, it was seven or eight more years before that, that you've been talking with my predecessors about PFC uh, I- increases. Uh, um.
0: Well, for whatever it's worth, Telejon, it feels like it's been 120 years talking to you about it
1: too. <laughs> well, that's, I, I, hear that, uh, I, I hear that a lot. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, it does sound like uh, the, next, uh, the next page is going to be infrastructure. You said that Congress is, uh, has shifted uh, in that direction. Uh, do you, I suppose uh, the PFC you know, could always pop up in terms of the uh, infrastructure negotiations themselves, but where do you see airports fitting in uh, on that front? Uh, I know there's a lot of competition for uh, for money uh, when you're talking about just general infrastructure funding.
0: Well, let's start with the good news. The Biden administration has put forward a big infrastructure proposal. trillion infrastructure proposal, contained within that is $25 billion for aviation. They're proposing $10 billion more for the airport improvement program, $10 billion more for a terminal renovation program. Not a lot of details attached to that, but another $10 billion there. And then on top of that 20 billion, $5 5 billion more for air traffic control facilities across the country for a total of $25 billion. Now, I'm fond of saying, and it's not original with me, it's just the way it is. The executive branch proposes and the legislative branch disposes. So the Biden administration has put forward a plan. They've put forward you know, this $2.3 trillion plan paid in the first instance by an increase in corporate tax rates. There's been a lot of back and forth uh, between Republicans and Democrats and the administration about that. Uh, it's not at all clear in Washington terms, we call it the pay-fors. It's not at all clear how this will be paid for, whether these tax increases or some increase in taxes will pay for part of this, whether it'll be deficit spending in part, not clear. Uh, also not clear what will remain inside this package and what will remain outside of this package, but will pretty quickly flip the page from the administration proposing to the legislative branch disposing. That means, Peter DeFazio, the chairman of the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, will be front and center over the weeks ahead trying to put together a bill with some yet to be determined level of funding for infrastructure across a number of modes. And I think what people in the aviation community would be wise to do is to look back at last year's effort that he introduced and got passed through the House called HR2. And in that bill, it's pretty similar to what the Biden administration has proposed. It doesn't contain an increase in the PFC, but it does contain pretty dramatic increases in AIP funding and additional discretionary funding for airports.
1: So that sounds like it could be a pretty good deal. And and at least it's not tied to anything controversial. Uh, 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 corporate income taxes, uh, tax increases are, uh, are popular with everyone uh, out there right now. But uh, 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 I say that with uh, all the intended sarcasm,
0: but uh,
1: in, in all seriousness, uh, 25 billion could go a long way. Uh, there's a lot of infrastructure need in the industry right now Uh, does that get you where you need? Is that a number you're happy with?
0: Um, Sure, It's a number I'm happy with. It's a number we will try and uh, defend. We'll certainly try and increase it if possible. The needs are greater than that. But, you know, the the pressure uh, to get this bill done is going to be downward pressure rather than upward pressure. It's going to be pressure on making the, overall dollar amount smaller if you're going to be able to attract Republican support. So the name of the game for airports and for aviation, frankly, is to stay in the game, to be in whatever version is kicking around the House, whatever version is kicking around the Senate, to be opportunistic and very aggressive in making sure that we are in these different packages. That's what we were able to do. That was the playbook, if you will, uh, from the past year as it related to relief money, and that will be the playbook that we use as it relates to infrastructure.
1: Okay, so uh, that my was my, my next question was going to be: Are you uh, you're you're getting the the coalition back together that just got you the relief funding? And uh, we're getting
0: and- the band back together, baby.
1: Well, at least at least you got a couple of days off uh, after the after the uh, most recent round of uh, funding, but uh, Washington doesn't ever sleep. Right. Yeah, Todd Hopley, with uh, uh, President and CEO of the American Association of Airport Executives, with with us today. Uh, what uh, what recommendations do you have for airports uh, in terms of uh, you know that I mean you the the number's a big one, but you said that the need outpaces that, so what do airports need to do uh, if that is ultimately the number that uh, that uh, you know gets through Washington or something near there? What do airports need to do to make sure they get uh, a piece of that pie?
0: Well, a couple things. airports need to do what they've done so well uh, over the past year in particular, and that's tell their story and make sure that their elected representatives understand what these local projects are in their communities, the jobs that they uh, create, the sustainability angle, if you will, the resiliency. Uh, you know, There's a lot of things that the Biden administration is certainly looking at uh, that is gonna make some of these uh, priority uh, projects. Airports are just going to need to continue to be aggressive, but polite, uh, but aggressive uh, with their congressional delegations and making sure that the needs uh, are understood. You know, airports have seven or eight billion dollars a year in debt service payments that they need to make. And we lost a ton of money uh, in the past year PFC revenues, uh, concessions revenues. You know, just it was bad all over for the industry. It wasn't just bad for the airlines. Airports had to stay open. uh, You know, so they had to keep their facilities clean and sanitized and open and operational at great loss of revenue uh, in that time period. So it's been a rough ride, and recovery is not just around the corner. It's going to take a while. But uh, that's the story we need to make sure and tell. And to talk about infrastructure, you know, Andy, it takes so long to get these projects built that we're not talking about, you know, dealing with what's out there tomorrow or next month or six months from now. It's what's needed in the community three and five years from now, seven and eight and 10, sometimes 12 years from now. And so that's the opportunity we have the secretary who I've been in communication with multiple times since he was nominated. Um, A terrific guy who really believes in infrastructure investment, is passionate about it, and is a great salesperson out there pitching away. Um, He's gonna be a, a terrific partner as we work with the Congress on trying to get this package through
1: okay, sounds good uh you you mentioned the uh the recovery time frame here a little bit, and uh it does seem like there may be some optimistic signs out there uh passenger traffic I'm hearing in a lot of airports is getting up to maybe around fifty percent give or take of uh, of twenty nineteen numbers at least in some places. Uh, What's what's your you're connected with uh, these folks on a lot more regular basis than uh, than me. What are you hearing from your constituents? Uh, are they optimistic? Cautiously? Uh, uh, you're you're planning a conference. What are you seeing in terms of demand right now?
0: Well, first let's talk about uh, aviation demand, and then we'll talk about the conference if we can. On the aviation demand front, I think a lot of it is generally an optimistic outlook. Things are are picking up. The recovery is starting to take hold as more and more people are fully vaccinated. There's a greater willingness to get on planes, and God knows there's pent-up demand to do so. Uh, People are excited. If you've tried to book a a place to go this summer, uh, you know, an Airbnb or whatever, it's Slim Pickens, it's hard to do. It's, you know, there's a lot of demand out there, and that's great. But that's the leisure travel market. Mm-hmm. Clearly, business travel will come back, but it's lagging. And when it comes back, at least for some period of time, I'm one of those that believes that it's not coming back with the same ferocity as the leisure market. And so I think we could see a 15 20% reduction in business travel for a while. And then finally, those airports that are heavily reliant on international travel, the big gateway airports, the places like JFK and Miami and Los Angeles and San Francisco, those kinds of places are really still pretty far behind because international travel has been just decimated and that's a piece that's going to clearly take some time to come back. So uh the recovery I think depends a little bit on geography and a little bit on the composition of your um travel your traveler who's coming for pleasure and leisure, who's coming for business, who's coming international. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and, and you touched on, uh, I mean, you know, let's look at the at the conference you're planning, we're starting to get into our conference planning as well. We're in Dallas in August. Uh, you're coming up here soon, too. Uh, what kind of sense are you getting from uh, from your industry folks uh, in terms of whether they're ready to travel and meet in person and all of that?
0: Yeah. I think, again, pent up demand is clear. We're uh, having our annual conference. In Las Vegas, Mandalay Bay Hotel, July 11th through 13th. Thanks for the plug. Uh, And we hope and we expect, frankly, that pretty much everybody who wants to come, who can get cleared for travel at their airport or from their company, will be able to, to go. I wouldn't have said the same thing six or eight weeks ago. Six or eight weeks ago, I would have told you that we were, dealing, we were going to be dealing with capacity constraints, pod requirements, uh, no more than a certain amount of people in one room at one time. There will still be some capacity measures, I think. But even as recently as last week, the folks in Clark County and where Las Vegas is located have said basically by June 1st, they think they're up and operational. And so we think that uh, by the time of our conference in July, we're gonna be able to host as many people as, as can get there and do so safely. And it'll be a great time for the first time really for our industry to all get together since this started. We've had some of our chapters, AAA has six regional chapters The Southeast chapter two weeks ago was able to hold an in-person conference with about 300 attendees. And just this week, the South Central chapter in Houston uh, held its annual conference in a hybrid format, in-person and virtual, and they had a couple hundred people participate. So you can feel it coming back. You can see it in the numbers that TSA is screening on a daily basis. Every day, this month has been over a million people sometimes closer to a million and a half people that's still not the two or two and a half million that we saw at the high water mark in 2019 but it is a whole lot better than where we were in april of last year where it was under a hundred thousand people across the entire system
1: yeah 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 no doubt about that uh, since you're, uh, since you're going to be in Vegas, let's talk after the call here about, uh, you put maybe a couple of bets down for me at the sports book, but, uh, <laughs> uh, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, move on a little bit here. One of the things I know AAAE is doing what it can to, uh, help with, uh, with the recovery and along with those efforts, you've got the airport consortium on consumer trust that you've, uh, started here, uh, recently and. Uh for, for those who haven't heard, maybe you could uh, you know, give a little definition of that and what you've got uh, going on with those plans.
0: Uh, sure. Happy to. And at the risk of going a little long on this, I'll just say we, when I took over as CEO uh, seven or eight years ago, one of the things I really wanted the organization to focus on was innovation. And we created an airport innovation accelerator. And we had great partners across the airport community and in the uh, industry and government on bringing to bear innovation and airport, trying to help airports find innovative solutions to lots of their daily operational challenges that they face. When the pandemic hit, we, and I, I wish I had invented a drinking game where every time somebody used the word pivot, you get a dollar, but we pivoted and created this uh, airport you know, coalition, uh, coalition of airport folks on, and we call it the Act, like you said, the Consortium on Consumer Trust. And it is built with a bunch of key airports, places like Denver and DFW and Atlanta, um, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, Phoenix, the Port Authority, a whole range of airports in one sort of category, and then key partners in industry, initially led by the Carlisle Airport Group and with a number of key um, partners along the way, uh, and you know us kind of in the middle helping, and we've got very high level CEO, COO participation, both in the companies and at the airports, We've got a series of working groups. Uh, There's a working group working on the whole issue of air bridges and health screening. Another one working on finance and revenue generating innovations. A really important one dealing with HVAC and indoor air quality. Uh, Again, another one on terminal and passenger planning. Hugely important one on touchless travel technology. You know, nobody wants to put their paw prints down on glass these days. Everything, we're trying to move everything in a touchless fashion. And then another one on queuing, you know, line control, dealing with that social distancing. And so there's work products coming out of these working groups that can be shared with airports across the system and the collaboration with industry has been amazing. And we're really grateful to our corporate partners who've been involved and the airports who have lent such expertise and talent to the exercise.
1: I'm really glad that you said that uh, you were hoping that people would get a dollar for for saying pivot and not have to take a drink when, uh, <laughs> when, when they heard pivot. Uh, I was a little worried about the direction you were headed there for a second, but uh, uh, how would someone who is intrigued by the Consortium on Consumer Trust get involved if they,
0: uh, if they thought that was an interesting idea? Yeah, I would refer them to Carter Morris on our team, carter.morris at triple dot org. So uh, just reach out to Carter. And, you know, like I said, there's a the airport list keeps growing and growing so does the list of our industry partners. And uh, we think in working with uh, folks at CBP, DHS, TSA, FAA, there's there's a great synergy that's occurring right now in trying to push the industry forward on, initially it was recovery, and now it's sort of on the roadmap for the future.
1: I really get the sense that there are a lot of partnerships forming throughout the, pan- that, that there have been a lot of partnerships forming throughout the pandemic, uh, you know, to work through some of these issues. You hear about it with the concessionaires and the airports and their, and their need to find maybe a new way of dealing with, uh, uh property rental issues and things like that. Uh, you think there might be a, A positive uh, effect uh, well beyond COVID coming from all of these different uh, groups of people that have worked together
0: through all this? Absolutely. I mean, once you've been to war with somebody, uh, once you've fought side by side, uh, it strengthens those bonds. And, you know, again, we've seen the industry on the precipice of despair uh, and insolvency, and we've come back from that. And that's not lost on anybody, I think. So whether that's us talking about our relationships, the airport relationships with our airline partners or with our concessions partners and others throughout industry, uh, I think people take a, a different look at things and see what can be accomplished if we can find that common ground and work together. We're still gonna have differences. We're still gonna pick up our swords and fight on certain issues. But, um, you know, those are few and far between compared to the fights that we um, undertake together against a common enemy, whether that was COVID, uh, or whether that was, you know, uh, a government trying to take aviation money and use it for other purposes. There's lots and lots of examples of us working together across the industry. And when we do that, And when we speak to Congress with a single voice for the industry, that's when we find our most success.
1: And there's nothing wrong with a little sparring between friends anyway, once in a while. Uh, Todd Hopley, uh, president and CEO of the American Association of Airport
0: Executives. Anything you'd like to add that we haven't hit on? Nope. I'm just grateful for the opportunity to participate. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for taking the time.
1: I appreciate it. Uh, Todd Hopley, of the American Association of Airport Executives. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you in Las Vegas. Sounds great.